Welcome to Puritans Read, where we read aloud great Puritan works, authors, and biographies. Today, episode 11 of The Christian's Daily Walk by Henry Scudder. Fourth, the fourth commandment concerns the ordinary, solemn time of the service and worship of God requiring that the seventh day, now our Lord's day, be kept as in holy rest. Exodus 20, 8 through 11. Have I, upon the six days, remembered the Lord's day, that I might dispatch all my worldly business and prepare my heart, that when it came, I might keep an holy Sabbath to the Lord, according to the commandment? Did I, as concerning, according as my health would permit, rise early on that day? Have I performed my daily, both morning and evening, exercises of religion alone and with my family that day in prayer? Have I caused all under my authority, according to my power, to rest from all manner of works and worldly recreations, also myself, not only from the labor of my body, but of my mind in all worldly business, except about the things that concern common honesty and comeliness, works of mercy, and such works of necessity as could not be done before or let alone till afterwards. Have I always prepared my heart before I went into the house and presence of God, by meditation of God's word and works, and in particular by examination and reformation of my ways, by prayer, thanksgiving, and holy resolution to carry myself as in God's presence and to hear and obey whatsoever I should be taught out of the word of God. Have I caused my family to go with me to the church? And did I come with them in due time and being there, stay the whole time of prayer, reading and preaching of the word, singing of psalms, receiving and administering the sacraments, even that of baptism, when others are baptized? And did I attend diligently and join with the minister and the rest of the congregation in all those holy exercises? Did I spend the day after the morning and evening prayers, sermons, or catechizing in meditation, and as I had opportunity, in conference and repetition of what I had heard, also in visiting the sick and other works of mercy, and so from the beginning to the end of the day, have been employed in holy thoughts, words, and deeds, and all this with spiritual delight? Or am I not guilty of forgetting the Lord's day before it came and of neglecting and profaning it when it came as by mere idleness or by 
taking opportunity of leisure from the business of my calling to be licentious in company keeping, etc. Or by reserving that day for journeys, idle visits, and for the dispatch of worldly business? Have I not been careless of the service of God, frequenting it no oftener than law or very shame did compel me? Have I not been careless whether my servants or children did keep the Sabbath or no? And when I was at church, did I not idle away the time by gazing about or by sleeping or by worldly thoughts? Have I not bought, sold, spoken of, or done other works, forbidden to be done, spoken, or contrived upon that day? Have I not, under the name of recreation, sought mine own pleasure using sports and games which cause the mind to be more indisposed to the due performance of holy duties than honest labors do, to which they are subordinate and with them forbidden to be done that day. Has not the strict observance of the Sabbath been at least tedious to me so that I could have wished that it had been gone long before it was ended? Fifth. The second table concerns duties of love and righteousness towards man, the performance whereof tends immediately to the good of man, but immediately to the proof of his being truly religious and to the glory of God. God made man not to be alone, nor to be only for himself. Therefore, for the greater good of mankind, he has endued men with variety of gifts and degrees of place, some excelling others, both in family, church, and commonwealth. Yet, so as each is excellent in his gift and place, even the meanest made worthy of respect from the greatest, because of his usefulness for the common good, even as the least member of the natural body is truly useful and to be respected as well, though not so much as the most honorable, now, when each member in the body politic does acknowledge the several gifts and mutual use one of another according to their place, then is there a sweet harmony in the society of man, and there is a sure foundation laid of all good offices of love between man and man. Wherefore, in the first place, God, in the fifth commandment, Exodus twenty twelve, provides that the order which he had set amongst men should inviably be observed requiring all inferiors under the name of children to honor their superiors, that is, to acknowledge that dignity and excellency which is in them, showing it in giving due respect unto their persons and names, implying that all superiors should walk worthy of honor and that they should mutually shew good respect to their inferiors seeking their good as well as their own. Concerning this fifth commandment, think thus, 
Do I live in a lawful calling? And have I walked worthy my general calling of Christianity and discharged my particular calling and employed the gifts which God gave me for the good of the society of man in family, church, or commonwealth? Have I honored all men for that they were made after the image of God and have yet some remains thereof? are capable of having it renewed if it be not renewed already, and because they are or may be useful for the common good of man, using them with all courteousness and kind respect, excepting when and wherein they have made themselves vile by open wickedness so that it will not stand with the glory of God, the good of others, or of themselves, or with the discharge of my place to show them countenance? Have I showed my due respect to others in praying to God and as there has been cause in giving him thanks for them? Have I conceived the best that in charity I might of others? And by love have I endeavored according to my place to cure their grosser evils, and to cover their infirmities? And have I, to my power, promoted my neighbor's good name and reputation? And have I been contented, nay, desirous that he should be esteemed as well, nay, better than myself? And have I, both in his lifetime and after his death, given him the honor of common humanity, as in common civilities at least, and in comely burial, so far as any way it did belong to me, and in maintaining his injured reputation, etc. Have I, being superior to others in gifts of any kind, as learning, wit, wealth, strength, etc., employed those gifts to the honor of God and the good of man more than others? As I am beyond others in years, am I superior to them in gravity, good counsel, and good example? As I am above others in authority, do I acknowledge that it is not originally in me but derived to me from God, and have I held it and used it for him, keeping within the due limits thereof, governing with wisdom and moderation, procuring the good of their bodies and souls as far as lay in me, commanding only things lawful and convenient, encouraging them in well-doing, by commendation and rewards, preventing evil as much as I could and restraining it in them by seasonable and due reproofs according to the quality of the offense and of the person when fairer means would not prevail. As I am an equal, have I esteemed others better than myself and striven in honor to prefer them?
as I am below others in gifts and age? Have I in word and gesture showed them due reverence and thankfully made use of their good parts and experiences? As I am under authority, whether in family, church, or commonwealth, have I submitted myself to all my governors, reverencing their persons, obeying readily all those their lawful commandments, which are within the compass of their authority to enjoin me? Have I received their instructions? and borne patiently and fruitfully their reproofs and corrections? Or do I not live without a lawful calling, or idly, or unprofitably in it? Have I not buried or abused my talent and place to the hurt rather than the good of myself and others? Have I not been high-minded esteeming better of myself than there was cause, seeking after the vain applause of men. Have I not despised others? Yea, those who were good, yea, my superiors, showing it by my irreverent gestures and by my speeches to them and of them. Have I not some way or other, detracted from and diminished the credit of others, or at least envied their due estimation. As I am a superior, have I not carried myself insolently, lightly, or dissolutely? As I am under authority, have I not carried myself stubbornly, and undutifully. This concludes episode 11 of Henry Scudder's The Christian's Daily Walk. <laughs>